Avengers Spotlight! Welcome to Back to the Bins. I'm Paul Spataro, and that is Dave Pascarella and Bill Robinson. What's up, guys? Hello. How are you? Hello, I'm Iron I Man, am. and I've got a much better voice this time. Much better. So we are continuing our look at the Avengers cartoons, uh, and this time out we are taking a look at the uh, premiere episode, which is a two-parter, which was a one-parter, but then it was broken up into two parts, uh, first episode. Uh, and we'll take a look at that in a moment, but first we're going to just relive past glories, and Dr. Bill and I are going to discuss about how we got together not too long ago. Uh, last week I was down in Florida for a visit, and we, uh, we managed to get together one day and hit a couple of comic stores, and it was pretty cool, and Bill, you are f- more, you are, have a much better memory for which stores we went to because I don't remember each one. I know the first one was that new store. No, the, that uh, oh, yeah, which I didn't even know about. Well, for, well, first we had first we had our breakfast at uh, at Cracker, Cracker Barrel, Barrel, where all of Love us Cracker got Barrel. served except my son, whose birthday it was. <laughs> they forgot his food, Dave. <laughs> That's they popped down the food in front of in front of three of us, and Ben's kind of sitting there like, and then they all disappeared. Poof, they were all gone. And, no and we're like, yeah. And what's funny is the three of us showed him no sympathy whatsoever. We, we just started, started eating. eating. <laughs> well, it sucks, Ben. Have to catch her when she comes back out, buddy. Got to learn to advocate for yourself. Okay. Life is hard, my son. But Ben got his food, and we went to, I don't know even know what the name of that place was. It was like a rare collectibles place uh, just up the street on um, State Road 60, just before, this was over in the Brandon area. It was just before, I want to say, Lithia Pinecrest, uh, if anybody's, it was right next to the Thornton's gas station. I know that because I had to go to the bathroom. How would you rate that restaurant? Hmm. It was not. It was not. A, I don't know about the restroom, but it was not a bad store as far as what they had. But it, they they had a, a lot of collectibles. They had a, uh, what appeared to be a lot of comics, and I'll get into that in a second. And uh, they had a lot of, of records. You know, they they also had a lot of video games. Ben picked up two video games that he's that uh, when, when he checked it online, he saved probably about. Yeah, 30, 40 bucks buying them there versus buying them through like eBay or something. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and say that our impression was correct and that they are a new store and they haven't had a chance to uh, really spread out their stuff and put it on displays the way you'd want it to be. But uh, it, it was a bit of a mess. It was It was hard to really find... What was where? Uh, the comic books were actually buried, blocked off by boxes, uh, and I had no idea whether or not you know they had uh, you know product that I wanted to get at. So I didn't want to ask them you know could you move all these boxes and then go in there and say nah. So I just kind of passed on the looking through the comics. Uh, I, I spent the time mostly looking through the collectibles, and they had some decent stuff. I would say it was not particularly cheap. It wasn't crazy price, but it wasn't, you know, there were, it didn't look like there were a lot of bargains either. Uh, they had, but they, you know, they had a good selection of different things. They had posters, different things like that. Uh, my friend Ken, who went with us, is very into music, and he spent the time going through the records, which he indicated also were pretty disorganized in their own way. Uh, but, you know, he said they had some decent stuff. I think he bought a couple, if I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, because we were worried about them melting in the car. 
or like getting warped or something. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it was a warm day, and oh, just as as an aside, when I came when I came out, uh, Bill and Ken were making fun of me, saying, "Oh, look at the New Yorkers, got to wear shorts in December." Uh, but it was like mid eighties that day. By the mid by the middle of the day, I was very happy that I wore shorts. Yeah. So we so. went from there, and then we stopped at uh, Read More Comics, which is uh, I can't remember. It's just it was just up the corner, um, which we had to. Oh God, what did we wait? Like a half an hour, I think. Yeah, he wasn't. He was running late for some reason, so we kind of had to uh, hang out and just shoot the breeze while we waited for him to get there. We got this information from the pest control guy. You didn't notice <laughs> that that was like the pest control guy, right? And then the whole time we were there, he stood up by the guy at the uh, at the checkout, kind of like he was the security guard. I was very confused by that whole situation. I, I think he was just there to hang out with his buddy or something. I don't know. It was Probably. It would have been cool if he had a truck like the guy in Men in Black, <laughs> like Vince D'Onofrio in that. He did have that look about him, both both before and after he became a bug. It was kind of, uh, well, he was that all right. store, That store also had a decent amount of collectibles, but uh, yeah, they had a lot of graphic novels. Uh, but they, they, I think their books were like uh, $2 each in the back. But the problem was they were totally unorganized. It yeah. just, you know, it was it was it was it was going back to the old age of comic book stores where you just had to sit there and sift through and and try and see if you could find, you know, anything that interested you. I think I found you know like two Silver Surfer issues that I bought, but that was about it. What was oh, that? Mind, I still got to check your Silver Surfers. Duh. All right, I can do that when I'm on vacation. What was the okay. vintage of the books? How far back did they go? Uh, well, the do- mostly nineties like and two thousands. Yeah, but they did have some that that you know that dripped dripped uh, older than that. Yeah, I I picked up some bags and boards because he had them uh, a good price for. I got two hundred bags and boards for about fifty bucks, which I was going to order some online, and it was they wanted like for a hundred bags and board they boards they wanted like thirty five bucks. So, so I picked that up there, and then uh, then from there we went over to uh, the comics club. But before we went into the comics club, we went through the bookstore, and then the that was conjoined to it the antique store. Yes. They had some interesting things. Nothing that really tempted me to buy it, but it was interesting to walk through and check out some of the vintage toys and things that they had hanging out. Yeah, and then uh, the uh, the comics club, which I I think the way I, I described it to you, like I was going to take you into better and better sto- uh, shops as we went. That read more comics was going to be a lot of newer stuff, a lot of you know maybe collectibles, graphic novels, and. The next place was going to have a better mix of older books and newer books and maybe some statues, but, you know, a, a lot of older books. And I'll let you pick up from there what what you thought of uh, the Comics Club. Uh, that one I thought had I, – I thought their older books was, you know, a limited selection. They had a lot of wall books, uh, and they ranged from – pretty good to kind of like I was scratching my head to wonder why they were on the wall mm. um, so that you know that that was interesting I uh, I had him bring down you know you had to, to have him take it down off the wall in order to decide if you wanted to use it uh, and uh, I ended up having him take down a, a werewolf by night issue which I thought was priced about probably about five dollars more than I was willing to go for it was an early Werewolf by Night, but not a, you know, not a pivotal issue. Um, so I, you know, I had him bring it down, and I asked, you know, could you do anything on this? I probably would have been willing to meet him halfway on what I thought the fair value was and what he was charging. Uh, but he said, no, what's on the book is the price. So I was like, yeah, could you hang this back up for me? <laughs> uh, and, and, and then you, yeah, I mean, the guy was nice enough. Just you should have said, you know, could you bring it down again? I just want to take another look at it. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, one more time before I leave. Now, in their back issue bins, they do have uh, buy two get one of same or lesser value for free. So, I I picked up a couple uh, things that I was looking for. So, uh, 
I mean, it's not a bad place to go. So now, the last comic book store, book store we went to, but there is one other store after that. But but the last comic book store we went to, and many of you have heard me mention it before, is called Urban Legend Comics, which is also in Brandon. And that I, I was hoping I would get the reaction out of you that I, I got when we got in, in in the car because a lot of what the guy sells is a dollar, maybe like between one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, and then he usually has deals once you and and then he has wall books that are certain prices. So it's very easy to walk in there and spend a lot of money if you have time. Yeah. So I'll let you have your say yeah that was an interesting store first of all the owner was a very nice guy what's his name i don't oh, remember i just okay forget that well i'll just uh, i'll just edit that off uh, or i won't and i'll embarrass both of us uh but great he, he was pretty Greg. cool it, yes that's okay. okay that's it same thing. uh but he has the book the, the store set up really in a fascinating way where it's it's in rooms basically you have an initial room where you come in and there's assorted things available there and it, and it is a primarily a comic book shop there's very very little in the way of collectibles there's some but it's there's not, some that's you know, it, it, from it, like collections he's absorbed that people were looking to get rid of stuff i mean he he doesn't bank on the collectibles if he's got some they're just there you know, yeah. he, he didn't go out and buy so, Then, Then he's got a room where he's got Marvel back issues. He has a room where he has DC back issues. He has a room where he has independent back issues. And he's got another room where he has kind of, uh, I guess, licensed, pro- licensed. Yeah, licensed property tie-ins. Yeah. Or, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting setup. And, and again, really good guy. Uh, you know, we were sitting and talking to him for quite a while before we took off. Uh, and I found, you know, a lot of a lot of the books were in, you know, like the two dollar pile, and then they had five dollar, you know, stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of wall books, and, and again, the wall books weren't all like really high end stuff. They were just things that would catch your eye. Uh, but I didn't think it was a bad selection of wall books. Uh, I think, and I, I think I, I think I took two off of the wall. I think he's just but, got a great like eye for presentation. Like, yeah, I think you're right. You could just go in there and and like the first few times I went in, I I would just get lost like looking at the stuff on the walls and like he'll put um the older like comic shop posters, you know, for ad for ads and stuff. But I'll stick Google eyes on the people's eyes. That you make. Yes, it's very amusing that he does that too. And he, he's also, you know, he's got the wall books being held up by the uh those small clips, but he even has a sign up there, you know, clips uh, need to be on the board, not on the comic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so so he's 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 you know aware. It's very meticulous because there'd be like there would be like an entire wall, you know, twenty wall books up there, and 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 they're perfectly spaced. Mm-hmm. You know, so so you'd have to sit there and tack 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 that little nail in, and then clip it with that clip, and then space another one and space another one. He's, he's also, you know, his, his, in his in the di- different book, excuse me, in the different rooms that you would go in, the books were fairly well organized. If you went through, oh, yeah. uh, you know, they, they weren't just a mishmash of books. They, they were all broken up into, you know, their individual series for the most part, unless you had, you know, some miscellaneous for different letters because it was alphabetized. And then even within the series, most of them were pretty much in order. Well, like usually he'd have a Batman section or a Superman section. So, you know, you would go to B and you, you might have uh, Detective Comics in there. So, we, I, I mean, it was o- organized inside the Batman stuff. So you wouldn't have to go to D to go find the detective. All the Batman stuff was grouped together but alphabetized. And then after that, you may have, you know, Booster Gold. And then you would go through different things and then get, get around the Green Lantern and all those books and and the JSA, it's. I've spent, Scott and I have spent, almost like, I guess sometimes six hours or more in that store because yep. in a lot of areas he has. Okay, so if he doesn't have enough books to make up a run or at least have a decent size run of a title, 
Usually those are marked as a dollar, and they're thrown in what he calls the treasure boxes. And those treasure boxes are all over the store. And that is what took me and Scott like a long time to sort through. But now he's doing a lot of, uh, like, right when you walk in the door, he's got sets, you know, sets for five bucks or, like, a, a whole run of comics that he's got bound to get, you know, bagged together. So it's, I mean, I, oh, and, of course, what about the cat, Paul? Oh, the cat's beautiful. Love the cat. First walked in, he was in the Marvel room laying on a, uh, laying on top of a, a box, but not a box with open comics in it, a box with a lid on it. And uh, he, he's quite voluminous. He was I, I would have named him Volstag. Yes, it does uh, look like if if Volstag his, he, you know he was his, his his bones were all laying on the back, but his flab was kind of sliding over the side. Uh, but but not but it was not nearly as gross as that sounds. He was actually a, a, I thought he was a beautiful cat, and he had a real nice attitude too. Yeah, he's uh, all I, I don't know what the what the breed is, but he's but he's all gray. He's got that, you know, that attitude face. Uh, his his name is uh, Mr. Needs. First name special. <laughs> so, and when I was sitting in, in the floor trying to go through a box, he kept wa- 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 walking by and bumping me with his head and rubbing up against me, you know, and I'd give him a little scratch and then he'd just go off. And then he was perched up uh, in between some of the Spider-Man books. Like he had his own little spot where he could watch people as they went by. Just a really, a really good cat. So, yeah, no, and, and and very friendly. Yeah. So, so I, I think when we got in the car, you, you were like, I, I could spend a lot of money in that place. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely can. There's no question. It was, it was good that you got me out of there. <laughs> I think I, I probably bought about somewhere around fifty books when we were in there. I think that's uh, and 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 just as an aside, he also knocks off the price. Yeah, he'll, he'll be he, he 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 he's got special deals, and even on top of his special deals, he kind of rounded down on the prices. Yeah, you know, if you got something like uh like a hundred and seven or something like ah, just a hundred's fine. You know, so it's. Yep, I I love. Yeah, and then after after I made my initial purchase, I took uh, a uh, what do they call famous first issues? They had the uh, you know the treasury sized ones. Mm-hmm. They had Detective Twenty Seven, which I did not have it currently. I used to have it years ago, but I did not have. Oh. Uh, and he had it listed as fifteen dollars, and I took it off the wall. And I handed it to him, and he says, "Okay, give me ten. Mm. Very cool. And then the last place we went, because now we were under a time crunch. We were, like, calculating with ways, like, okay, we got to get to this restaurant. And I'm like, well, we could pass this place. If we go to this place, if we go to Sound Exchange, we'll only have a half hour in there. And then we got to do a hard break to get you guys to the restaurant by 4.30. So we zipped over there. Uh, Sound Exchange is, is like a old-time uh, – well, not old-time. Old it's It's just a – Record, cassette tape, CD, books, uh, some toys, some collectibles, not a lot. They're mainly uh, albums, uh, DVDs, Blu-rays, well, sound exchange. So uh, I think I picked up – I think Ben picked up a couple things. I don't think I did in there. Yeah, yeah, Ben got a couple movies. Uh, Did you get any movies? Yeah, I didn't actually – I, I I looked through. I saw some things, but I didn't actually buy anything in that store. It's it's. I mean, they had a terrific selection. And if you were looking for movies, or you know, even even the uh, the used vinyl, which I am into now, uh, you know, they had some decent selection on that as well. I just by the time we got there, I was kind of burnt out, and I was done. So I just kind of sifted through some things, but yeah. I, I I wasn't seriously looking to buy at that point. So, so yeah, that was our that was our, uh, and then I got you to the uh, got you to the restaurant, and uh, everybody was happy. Yeah, and then uh, Ken and I were uh, basically, I don't want to say playing games, but we were playing a little fast and loose on the time schedule, as Bill alluded to with our wives, and it was like, oh yeah, we'll be there at this time, and then uh, 
we arrived and we were kind of hung out at the uh, in the parking lot with Bill and Ben for a while. Then we saw that their car was coming, and we kind of rushed inside the restaurant, sat at a table, and convinced the waitress to say that we had been sitting there for half an hour waiting for them. <laughs> she was very cool. I gave her a better tip just because she was very, very much on board with doing that. Because she played along. Yep. So, so yeah, that was uh, – uh, unfortunately, Scott couldn't join us because of uh, the constraints of work, which sucked. Because I know Scott likes to go to Urban Legends. Oh, I'm sure he would have enjoyed it. Plus, it's always good to see Scott. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, to, to round out the week, the following day, uh, we went to uh, to Universal. And then while we were there, we managed to spend a, a little bit of time with uh, Matt and Christy Huntsworth, which is, you know, very cool. Matt, Matt and Christy are great. So mm-hmm. it was really good to see the two of them. So what did all these purchases do to the price of your luggage when you came home? Uh, you know what? We only went to Florida for five days. Five days? We went on Thursday, Friday. Yeah, five days total if you count travel days. Even. Uh, so I didn't really need, you know, all that much luggage. Plus, we stayed at, a fr- at our friend, my friend Ken and, well, Ken and Lori. It's actually Tina's friends, but uh, I've I've adopted them as my friends, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we stayed at their house too, which gave us access to uh, a washer and dryer, so we didn't need to bring that much. And I had a, a middle-sized suitcase, which I probably only had about two thirds of the way full anyway. <laughs> so I ended up having room to uh, put to put my comics, uh, plus my treasury-sized book, plus. Uh, Ken and I had gone to a uh, vinyl place the day before, and I bought a couple of records then. So I had all of that stuff in my suitcase without a problem. The bigger challenge was that when we were at uh, Universal, we bought a uh, like a, a Grinch statue for our Christmas decorations, and it's I guess it's probably about a, a little over a foot tall. But then the box that they put it in, you know, because of the styrofoam foam and everything, it's got to be at least a foot and a half tall and about eight inches wide, and you know, eight inches the other way as well uh so that wasn't fitting in my suitcase so i ended up having to do that as a carry-on and then we were concerned about having it in the overhead compartment and somebody slamming the thing in there and breaking it but all worked out very nice yeah the one thing is uh you know i may get catch some grief for pieces of uh you know, collectibles that I pick up, but apparently I can buy anything with the Grinch on it. It's totally acceptable. <laughs> I don't know how much grief you get from your wife. She seems pretty easygoing. She, you know what she is, because it's funny because she'll she'll give me grief like a, I'll say, oh, I'm thinking about getting this, and you can see I'll roll her eyes. And do you really need this? And yet, like then she'll, uh, you know, she'll go out and buy stuff for me that you know. <laughs> that's just as silly and she has no problem with it so she's she's actually very cool I, I i joke and i kid but i have no no issue whatsoever anyway i don't want this to be too uh too 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 sappy sap, 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 but uh we're here to really talk about avengers assemble which is the third in our line of avengers cartoons and as i indicated earlier in our previous review uh, my, I, I really liked Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and I was very disappointed when they uh, introduced this one. And I don't specifically remember if it was my impression that they had dumbed it down some, or if I had read somewhere that they were going to dumb it down for this new version. And just as, as a real quick in, you know, uh, mini-review... Having watched this two-part episode, I didn't think they dumbed it down so much as uh, they didn't really complicate it with moral dilemmas or, or uh, too much in the way of characterization, to be honest with you. Mm. So I guess I guess you can call that dumbing it down. Uh, but overall, you know, that aside, I thought the, the the story, the conflict with the supervillains and everything, I thought it was pretty well done. I was, uh, well, I mean, all right, this is the last thing I'll say before we get into the uh, synopsis of the of the two episodes. 
I kind of saw this as it could be a continuation of the last series. Now, I have not watched the la- all the last series. I mean, this one did pick pick up pretty much right where the other one ended um, in time-wise, like from one season to the next. And the way this one starts is that the Avengers have been disbanded. So I kind of looked at, like, this could be a continuation of the other series. What do you think of that? I think it could be taken that way i don't think it was meant oh no to. i don't think it was meant to either i'm just saying like in, in your own personal head canon, you could just look at it that way yeah i definitely think you can you can view it that way if you choose to uh but you know to me it, it didn't really uh again i i thought it was it was very entertaining i had no problem with it i enjoyed watching it uh but i just i still think the other the prior show was superior, mm. in my mind. Yours is superior. Oh, sorry. I'm sure somebody will know what movie that came from. Somebody might. Somebody. All right. So you want me to read? Uh, I've got two little part one and part two synopses, very quick and down and dirty. If, if they're the ones I'm looking at, they're very pretty short, and it shouldn't take too long. Yeah. I'd, so I'd, have at it. Yeah. So original air date, May 26, 2013. Uh, the Avengers Protocol, part one and part two. Part one, after having been disbanded, the Avengers members Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Hawkeye, and Black Widow reunite when the Red Skull who is dying from the imperfections of his superhero, super, super soldier serum, and MODOK kidnap Captain America during Hydra's attack on Liberty Island. With the aid of the new recruit Falcon, the heroes must come together. Oh, sorry. Once again to rescue Captain America before the Red Skull can transfer his mind into Captain America's body. The Avengers succeed, but watch in horror as Red Skull and Modok steal Tony Stark's armor with no mercy. Yeah, but the Red Skull did succeed, was in Captain America's body, then they kicked his butt out, and then they stole the armor, and uh, yeah, I'll get to Modok in a minute. The Avengers ret- this is part two. The Avengers retreat back to Avengers Mansion to save Iron Man's life Iron Man's life with his armor because his armor was stolen by the Red Skull. To keep him alive at the last minute Wow. Hold on. I'm just gonna say what happened. So the Avengers get him back <laughs> in the mansion, they hook him up to a car battery, and then they keep him alive until they can get a new uh, arc reactor thingy. Okay, Modok uses his technology to mind control the Avengers by sending little nano bees things. The swarm, the swarm, swarm, swarm. That's from that's a shawarma. Shawarma, not shawarma, shawarma, causing them to brutally attack each other. Meanwhile, Red Skull infiltrates the Avengers' mansions to carry out a devious plot that puts the entire city of Manhattan at risk. After Red Skull's failed mission destroys Avengers Mansion, which causes the Avengers to relocate to Stark Tower, and they have a they all live in a nifty we all live in a big Quinjet a big Quinjet Prime. He sends out <laughs> now I want to do Optimus Prime. He sends out holographic invitations to multiple villains to join his cabal. So, Modok, I don't ever remember Modok being able to control electro- things like that. Am I imagining things? Am I missing out on a Modok power? I don't remember Billy Anderson being able to control machines. I don't know. I mean, maybe a buffet. I always, I, I always get a kick out of the character of Modok, but I can't tell you that I'm a very good historian of him I, I just i just remember modok had like a mental encephala like in encephalobeam but it always made me think of encephalitis every time i saw it in print it's like he just had like a mental inca- incapacitation beam because he's got such a big freaking head <laughs> i don't remember was... him being able to control machines I think that was in the Earth's Mightiest Heroes that they had, like, the first time he appears, Thor looks at him and his, like, jaw drops, and he's like, "'Tis a giant head!" (laughs) Uh, And, of course, we get the old, uh, 
all the heroes are going to fight each other and all their little uh this isn't the second part all 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 their little problems with each other come out because of this you know this bad technology and will the team be able to get back together blah 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 thank god their eyes turned red so we knew who was possessed and who wasn't exactly but when when i talked about the lack of uh of characterization to me it felt like like the only characterization that they bothered to give it is oh they don't like each other <laughs> you know yeah. that seemed like that it was broke it. up because they couldn't get along with each with each other and tony felt like he wasn't a leader and uh, thor and hulk no, the poor, poor baby's not a leader <laughs> and hawkeye is just snippy about everybody and black widow doesn't trust anybody yeah, and it's like, eh, all right. <laughs> like, there, there didn't seem to be anything else in the way of characterization or, like I said, any kind of moral dilemma. You know, the last one we talked about, there was the whole thing with how S.H.I.E.L.D. was acting and what they were doing, uh, and none of that seemed to be a factor in this. Mm. True. I see what you're saying. Although, I do like Adrian Pastar as T- Tony Stark. Now, he's not... He doesn't do it through the entire series. The last two uh, seasons are a different, a different voice actor. But I enjoy his uh, take on. Uh, I enjoy him as an actor. I liked him on Heroes, and I liked him on Agents of Shield. He played Glenn Talbot on a- Agents of Shield, and well, never mind. I don't want to spoil anything because I don't know how far you guys ever watched through that. No, I did see him on Agents yeah, of Shield. Me too. I, I think. No, no, no. But did you see the last couple seasons? Towards the end, I bailed out after uh, Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, it was a- a- after that. Are you ever going to go back and watch it? Yeah, probably not. I think I think I will at some point. So I should not spoil what villain he becomes. No, you you. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can. I don't know. I'll leave it up to Dave. No, go ahead. By he all be- means, he becomes Graviton. Really? Yes. And I think he looks damn good as Graviton. Hmm. Now I might have to go back. Yep. Glenn Talbot becomes Graviton. Yep. Interesting. In in story, in story, it makes perfect sense because of what what happens to him, and he gets he gets. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Go watch it. Now. <laughs> now go get your shine box. <laughs> We're gonna pause this while we go watch Agents of Shield. We'll be back in about you know in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, really. Actually, I did a complete rewatch of the entire series, all seven seasons, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Knowing where it was gonna go, I can rewatch it now and go, man, they set this up way the heck back here. Pretty damn good. Bravo, Agents of Shield. I miss you. I keep meaning to watch, uh, you know, to catch up on it. I just have yet to do it. It, it uh, gets so downright it, goofy with its own timeline. doesn't even matter if it ties into the MCU. I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, it could be just a totally multiverse, you know, a different t- timeline because it gets crazy the last few seasons. Interesting. I, I, I definitely, I mean, I've heard that it's worthwhile, I, and I've talked about it before. I, I feel like the whole thing about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that they kind of, uh, they, they kind of didn't do good segues between storylines. They, they'd get me interested in a story, and then they would resolve it, and it would take them so long to get the next story going that sometimes I would just fall out of mm. You know, my interest would, would wane, and I'd walk away from it. And then the next time I, I you know, picked it up, I'd have to catch up again, and, and I would be interested again, and the same thing would happen. Mm. So it, it just felt to me like they didn't do a very good job. They needed to, to, to Chris Claremont it a little bit more and have some subplots running while the main story is going so that this way when they went to a new storyline, you, you know, you're already kind of invested in it. 
Well, being able to watch it all, all at once, you can kind of plow through it a little bit quicker instead of waiting and like, you know, okay, we're going through this storyline. It took seven weeks to go through this. And then they were, when they were being broadcast, their broadcast schedule was terrible. They had these long pauses in between. So I could see how you could get, you could fall out of interest and just forget about it. That's why now that it's all streaming on Netflix, I would go watch it. But what I yes, to discuss about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Having returned from our segue, uh, I was looking at the voice cast down the line. Uh, our friend Rene Aubergenois will play Ebony Maw in 2015. Or play. And he's a character that I was unfamiliar with until, uh, what do you call it? The Avengers, End- uh, not Endgame, uh, Infinity War. Oh, yeah, he had been introduced. That character was introduced in, in the comics where during. Uh, During a time when I wasn't reading comics, Infinity, which was an interest, was you know basically they're all he they were all but just like in the movie they were Thanos' hen- henchmen, hench people, hench. Right? Did, did weren't they known as the children of Thanos? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So he's another one who's done both Justice League and Avengers because he was in the Justice League cartoon as well. Hmm. Um, we're also going to see uh, Mark Hamill down the road as uh, Arnim Zola. Doing his Joker voice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Arnim Zola? Okay. <laughs> I'm Arnim Zola. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, if I get to that episode and he's doing, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something... I, I better have something soft in my hand because I want to chuck it right at the screen. Let's let's talk a little bit more about Avengers Assemble, though, uh, about this pilot episode. And, uh, you know, what did you guys think of, uh, you know, just the overall plot with, with Red Skull and all of that? Well, I did Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I, the start of the episode with the disappearance of Captain America, I kind of got that vibe from... Justice League episode hereafter where they think Superman is dead and it turns out... Oh, good callback, yes. You know, he's just uh, beamed to another dimension or planet or whatever it was. Um, I I, I like the the concept, you know, bring the team back. You know what what I liked about it overall? You know, I thought it was pretty clever, but... I also I didn't really like the aspect of the Red Skull being as beholden to others as he seemed in this. It seemed like, you know like he needed Modok to help him, and and then he's calling out to the other uh, villains like, "Oh, please come and help me." Uh, that didn't seem very Red Skull like to me. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah, I see he was more. I mean, knowing the Red Skull, I. I well, and we had, uh, remember when we... I could see him using others, yes, but he seemed saying. almost he, too dependent just, on others. Uh, he, uh, well, I mean, he is in a point of weakness to where his body was failing him, and but now he's okay, but, but even so... I got better. I got better. So, but now uh, he's just, I still think he's just trying to use other people to, you know, do his dirty work for him. Well, the whole plan was, right, originally, correct me if I'm wrong, was to steal Cap's body, right? Yeah, which does, that, that was the original plan. Which he does the it, brain switch. Doesn't he do that in, like, Captain America? Like, there was a, what is it, like, Captain America 300 or 400 back in the... Yeah, around around 300, he, yeah, he, he steals Cap's he body. Steals, yeah, and then in um, the Brewbreaker run, when Cap is killed, he's actually shot with a bullet that displaces his consciousness through time, if I remember, actually. Oh, wait, spoiler. But uh, because they had Dr. Faustus had brainwashed Sharon Carter to shooting Cap with, with this bullet, but it didn't really kill him. But he appeared to be dead. He was mostly dead. Why? Why wouldn't you kill him in that situation if you're the Red Skull? I don't remember. It's been so long since I read that. No, it's it's. You know why they did it? Because they had to bring him back. Well, yeah, yeah. It's the, only, it's the only logical reason. I got a reason. gun upstairs. Let's shoot him and be done with it. You know, it'll be a bonding thing together. No, 
Why, why would I want to kill him with a bullet that I could buy for a few dollars when I could spend millions to create a time displacement thing that he'll eventually recover from? Well, well since I'm, I'm doing a little mocking here, when the Red Skull's original plan falls through and he just like, let's steal his armor instead. I kept hearing, you know, like from the Dukes of Hazard. When you're flying by the seat of your plans, pants, you got to have a plan B. Plan B, yes, let's steal his armor. Plan B. Well, I mean, how is it improvising? I mean, I guess, uh, I guess the armor would keep the Red Skull alive. I guess. I mean, wasn't that kind of? Right, well, I mean, by that point, hadn't Tony designed that specifically for his body? I, I maybe we're going too deep. Maybe you're right. Maybe the show That's is a little dumped down. We go deep. <laughs> I mean, him just yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I mean, I, when that is, I think that is a point uh, that they missed. I think that, you know that that. I mean, armor, yeah, Tony wouldn't wouldn't you wouldn't just be able to say, "Oh, I put on the armor and it works for me." But then you know what? In the movies, he put his armor on in Iron Man three. He put his armor on Pepper to save her. Mm. Yeah, but it didn't. It wasn't. Well, okay, it would be a life support suit to protect her from external things. It wouldn't be a life support system to help a failing human body or body that has the super soldier serum in it. That's where I... But he did take the arc reactor, but the... I'm I'm going too deep. (laughs) Here's a better one. Here's a better one. How come the Red Skull's voice came out of Cap and vice versa? Shouldn't it have just been <laughs> Cap's voice with a German accent? Uh, yeah. Yes, it should have. Well, because that way, and his eyes were red. That way you knew he was the Red Skull. <laughs> but the Red Skull's eyes are white. <laughs> right? When he's in his own body, aren't right. his eyes yep. white? But when he's in steve rogers body his eyes turned red and he's a bad guy and he speaks in a german voice i mean maybe he transport maybe he maybe he put his vocal cords in there too well that's complicated work yeah i I gotta think he didn't do that yeah they should have just had the voice actors just you know the other guy that regularly does cap uh roger craig smith should have just spoke with a german accent yeah that's that's yeah, you know what? I, I guess this is a little dumbed down. Nah, but it's fun. I, I'm, I'm poking oh, I'm fun at it. It was I, fun. I, Don't I get me wrong it. for a second. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, it's not, it's not as dumb as putting putting a high-security shrunken prison inside a metal flying helicarrier. It's not that dumb. All I kept thinking, thinking when they, uh, sh- they shocked uh, Tony back with the Frankenstein method... <laughs> We got a die-hard battery here. We could restart this guy's heart. <laughs> I dare you to knock this battery off my shoulder. I thought it was pretty cool, you know, when they actually worked together and they they managed to to overcome the difficulty. I th- you know I thought the story was well paced. I thought I, you know I enjoyed watching it. Uh, but hold on, you know, before we get too far, for anyone who didn't get Dave's reference, that was Robert Conrad. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and then there was the time when I beat Dave in uh, in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. And if you don't know that, that's also Robert Conrad, who who famously, if you don't know of it, uh, on a Battle of the Network stars, lost a foot race to Gabe Kaplan and could not allow himself to to accept the fact that this. You know, basically, I guess, in his mind, geeky guy beat him in a foot race. And uh, they ended up running a second race, and Kaplan beat him again. Yeah, I still don't understand that one. Now, another reference, uh, so I'll explain all this. Battle of the Network Stars used to be a... a, a athletic, <laughs> athletic. Every reference needs a needs an explanation. Well, actually, the people listening to us probably do know these references. That Battle of the Network Stars was a show that pitted networks against each other in physical competitions in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, late seventies. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, it was a lot of fun. And Robert and then Conrad was... was in Wild Wild West. No, not the song. Wow, yippee oh yippee a. The TV show Wild Wild West. Black Sheep Squadron. And Black Sheep Squad. No, Bob Bob Black Sheep. No, it was called Black Sheep Squadron. Or was it Bob Bob Black Sheep? It was called Bob Bob Black Sheep. No, I thought it was Black Sheep Squadron. If only we had some way to look this up. I will look it up, and (laughs) if I'm right, everyone will hear this, and if I'm wrong, it will be edited out. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is a deep tie. So Donald Belisarius did... Black Sheep Squadron or Baba blah, blah, Black Sheep, whatever you want to do. He also did NCIS, Quantum Leap, Jag, uh, Max. Ah, uh, there we go. Baba Black Sheep TV series. That's not what it's called. Baba Black Sheep later syndicated as Black Sheep Squadron. Ah, uh-huh. It's an American television series aired on, on NBC from September. 23rd, 1976, until April 6, 1978. See, the thing is, I know it because I'm older than you guys. Yeah, but so I, I know the original thing. I, you know the reruns. I rem- no, I remember watching it firsthand on TV. But When it was called Baba Black right, Sheep. But lately, I've seen it on reruns on, like, MeTV, mm-hmm. and it did set Black Sheep Squadron. And so you've retroactively, in your mind, changed it to that. What do they call that? Ella uh, effect. Yes. The Mandela effect is when you remember something one way, <laughs> but it actually happened another way, and you were moron. So, so the, the repeats must have been running at the same ter- time as the regular broadcast, right? Because I know the reason Possibly. they changed emergency to emergency one, because the repeats were on the same time as the new ones. Yeah, and I, 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 my first experience with that, I remember as a kid when Bonanza was on, they were showing old episodes of Bonanza in syndication under the title Ponderosa. Guys, you're killing me. I can't keep doing all these references. Emergency One star Randolph Mantooth and another guy I can't remember. Kevin but Ty, was it Kevin Ty? Yes, Kevin Ty, who was also the man from Tallahassee in the, the famous... Uh, in the episode of Lost, uh, let's see. Uh, it was uh, John Locke's father. He was John yes. Locke's father. Yes. Oh, I got to revisit that. He stole his kidney. Oops! Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to give give a uh, background for Bonanza or no? No, I figured you can do that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not doing it. What was it? Bonanza was a television series set place in in the west in western United States or in the old west rather, uh, starring Lorne Green, Michael Landon, uh, Dan Roberts. Blocker, Pernell Roberts, uh, and uh, I'm trying to remember who played Candy. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Emergency one was about the Los Angeles County Fire Department. No, it was about the creation of the paramedics in the Los Angeles County Fire Department. Right, right, right. I just recently rewatched the first couple episodes. <laughs> Me too. And I was like, oh, I don't remember that because I was a little kid watching it. You know, I was just like, oh, great, they're using the jaws of life. Oh, <laughs> prying the guy out of a car. You know, if you watch enough of those in a row, you sit there and you you know what they're going to prescribe to the paramedics. Oh, 15 cc's of uh, this and IV uh, with D5W. Yeah, of uh, Ringer's Lactate and uh, D5W. Yep. So you know what this what this discussion is telling me? That we watch way too much good. It's telling me we don't have a lot to say about Avengers Assemble. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, let me add one more thing about it. Two things about Avengers Assemble. When the Red Skull sends out the call that they should all come help him out, if this was the Legion of Doom, he would have started to cackle after he made the call. <laughs> and the other thing that's I like Tony saying, uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, right. <laughs> and it's hammer time. Yep. I mean, it did have a couple good one-liners here and there. I mean, you know, this one is going to last like six or seven. What, five seasons? seasons? Six seasons? Uh, Something like that, yeah. 
which I, I, you know, they had the actual mansion there as well. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, yeah. when it gets blown to hell, they're going to need a whole bunch of screens for that place. <laughs> oh yeah, it says five seasons, but I thought it was six. Eh. Well, it's got like 126 episodes. Ooh, Overall, I, I thought this was an entertaining, you know, two-parter. Um, it, it gave me some interest in watching it, but I have to, you know, last last time around Earth's Mightiest Heroes, I had a lot more interest in watching it, and I think what's going to happen is, uh, as I watch some of those, or as I get through those, I'm either going to feel burnt out and I've had enough, or my taste is going to be insatiable enough that I'm going to just move on to this and, and watch these two. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. Mm. I enjoyed it. I, I had a, like, like I said, I've never watched any of these. I found it fun. I had a few laughs. I always find the amusing aspect to it. I got a kick out of that Hawkeye actually has a comic book collection and it was moved to save storage. So <laughs> he's all right in my book. But uh, I, I did enjoy this. I thought it was fun. Meh. I, I, meh. No, no, I said, yeah. I didn't say meh. I said, yeah. It's funnier if you said meh. <laughs> yeah, uh, meh. Whatever, Dave. <laughs> I'm no. used to getting dismissed. I get dismissed all day. So. Dismissed. That was a reference to Hogan's Heroes. Look it up. <laughs> Um, you know we're going to have to do this now for every show when we give a reference we're going to have to say what it's from that's only for Russell's sake yeah that's true but then he wouldn't have seen it or bought it anyway that's not true that's not we, now we're going to get the email from Russell I don't know any of the shows that you talked about <laughs> I did get my Christmas card from Russell and his yes, wife so yes, I it did was very too. nice um I so after I was done watching this, then it's like, oh, we recommend uh, it was it said like Avengers Secret Wars or something, and I'm, or it's like what? And, but it was like these mini. It, it was something to do with yeah, mini suits. Yeah, I watched one with Ant Man to where Ant Man is fighting Yellow Jacket at his. Uh, it, it, there was two different series that I watched. One was Ant Man, Scott Lang. And he's at, and it was like a two-minute thing of him at his daughter's science fair, fighting ye- 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 Yellow Jacket. Excuse me, I'm Foster Brooks. Look it up, people. <laughs> and um, uh, y- of course, there, you know, hijinks uh, happen at the science fair. Woohoo! It was for two minutes. It was fine. Then there was like a four or five-minute one of. Uh, Miss Marvel, Camilla Khan joining the Avengers. Eh, it was all right. Nothing to write home about. How would you rank this one? Not even, don't even, not even asking for letter grades yet. How would you rank this among the three series? In like a one, two, three. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, three is definitely United Day Stand. It's the hands down last one. Agreed. Uh, By me, at least. I agree. Right now, I'm going by the complexity and uh, moral ambiguity that of uh, the second series. I have to put that in one and put this put this one in uh, two. Yeah, I agree. I concur. I would. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I concur. I. Uh, I, I don't mean to, to jump the gun, but I'm just going to say for this one, I enjoyed it. I thought the the art style reminded me of when they did the comic book Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm. that 12-issue series. And then they did a second part, which was another 12 issues. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got actually, I think The art style actually, reminded me of that very... eight issues because okay. each... Yeah, the only reason I know that is because each issue has a letter, and they all together spell the Avengers, and there's only eight letters in Avengers. And I can count how many letters are in that name. <laughs> uh, but the art in that book, 
while I liked it, uh, it had a very, very thin line, but then there was very, very little done in the, sh- in, in the way of shadowing. Uh, and I thought this had a similar look to it. Mm. So, it, you know, it was good. Uh, surprisingly, even though this style kind of fit my ta- my general tastes better, I thought in an, in a moving image, I thought the second one was still a little superior in the artwork. Yes, uh, I kind of think I kind of like uh, I like this one's art better than the last one, but I can, I can understand why you might. I just I like this. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna. Put them, you know, when we the way you rank them, I'm going to do that for story and for art, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one's just going to rank just a notch below the other one in in each level. Okay. So I I, I think I was either B pluses or A's on the, that one. I would say this one is probably just B's all around. Yeah, I think the only difference I would have is that the uh, my art would be a little bit higher but my story would be lower on this one than previous. I don't really Previously, I'm previous. back to the bins. Well, I ranked this one an F. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Dave? Where do you come in on this one? Uh, I'm with Bill. I, I agree 100%. I could neither add nor detract to his wisdom. Bill is a wise and learned man. Huh? Right. Oh. Something shiny went by. Mm. <laughs> uh, back to the days where you're, you're my friend, Doug. <laughs> squirrel. I do like anyway. squirrels. Did you see that squirrel, Fatty Mc... Uh, what was that squirrel's name? I looked it up. Hold on. Fatty Mc something. Fatty McFatterson. He was a big, fat squirrel in Maine. He looks like a beach... He looks like a squirrel swallowed a beach ball. He looks like he should be hanging out in in uh, Urban Legends. <laughs> yes, he looked just like the cat. he should. He should be laying next to the cat, and the cat's just like gently putting out a paw, going wow, <laughs> as if he's chasing it. But the two of them are just laying on the floor. This Wait. time, this time I didn't forget the gravy. Let me see if I can put this image. Did you look up Fatty McFatterson? No. No. Well, there's a couple things. Nor, nor am I going to. Well, I did. So let me just throw it in the chat, see if this picture will paste. There you go. Let's see. There it's a, you pic- go. a picture of paste. Fatty McFatterson. Uh, let's see what's in the chat. Look at that squirrel. I don't see nothing. I didn't get it yet. Didn't come across. Dave? Oh! You see it? My chat says it's connecting. What? Well, maybe it's taking a while to send the picture. Riveting. Riveting right now. Yeah. Okay. In the meanwhile, have we do we have anything else to add to this conversation? No, I think when we're talking about overweight squirrels, we've pretty much come to the end. <laughs> All right. So, so why don't we put a, put a merciful end to this for our listeners and tell them thank you very much for coming on and listening to us babble on for, I don't know, roughly an hour. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. We'll, we'll cover something. Ooh, that reminds Bye-bye. me. Babylon. I was watching uh, the Bible in the beginning. was on like TV with uh, you know Adam and Eve, Noah, uh, George C. Scott is uh, I think Abraham. And, yeah. I think there was a Babylon thing in there too. But I think I was flipping channels and missed that. There was a football game on, so I was torn between a football game and. Uh, Oh, yeah, and uh, what's his name was, uh, when he went and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, Peter O'Toole was like the the angel, but he was like all three, and they kept like, you know what, I'll just stop talking now. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, I guess that'll do it for this time. Uh, See you next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, 
which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Uh, hold on. I got a stretch. Oh, my spine. <laughs>